Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Wild Wasteland. As always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and with me is the very hyper-talented Michael Johnson. Thank you. Hypertension is the word you meant to say. Yes, hypertense. He hasn't breathed properly in 17 years. That being said, you do look like a wizard right now. Well, I feel like a wizard. You got your big beard, you've got like a... a, 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 a balding hairstyle and well, you've got it, your big old pipe yeah they call it a familiar oh is that what you call your pipe yes yes you're most familiar people, most people use animals as their familiars i use a pipe um well we were uh we were chatting about some magic weren't we yeah this is uh part two of the magic series we were doing the general introduction now we're into what what do you call this the light magic uh, light magic? No. What the fuck? Uh, it's well. If Yellow anything, magic. We're talking about black magic today. Oh, we're talking about black magic. The right hand path. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about right and left hand path, real quick? It's usually that's how I was told. Like the two different styles of magic, not like dark magic or or light magic or whatever. Okay, so elaborate. Well, I don't know. Uh, is that what we're talking about? Like uh, Alistair no, I mean, Crawley you, and stuff like that? You are you are correct. I mean, that's the right-hand path and the left-hand path. Um, I don't like them because, as you know, I don't love Christians, and I feel like it really kind of Christianizes the whole thing. Really? I didn't know that. It's just weird to me. I don't like that. Because you're Jewish? <coughs> it could be because I'm Jewish. Or it just could be that's that's a prevalent in our society. I mean, yeah, dude. Like, there's there there are more people in this nation who believe that America is a Christian nation than America is an English speaking nation. You know? Yeah. Like it's it's insane to me. Like the uh, there are full on states like Virginia still has the the law that you cannot start any sporting event before noon on Sunday because it's God's time. Like, fuck off. You know? I don't know. Pisses me off. But after twelve. It's football time. Yeah, they're like, that's the Lord's time after that. We gave you your uh, an hour. <laughs> Go play your T-ball later. Yeah. We have the Redskins to watch lose. Yeah. But, um... Beat the Christians. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm just not a huge fan of them for that. Uh, but really, I think it's just because they, they, throughout history, have been such pieces of shit, just, like, hiding and destroying any other way of thinking that goes against their way of thinking, which isn't even their way. It's it's the compilation of ways of thinking from across a long time span that they're like, it's all us. And I'm like, dude, fuck you and fuck off. That's pretty cool, though, when you think about it. It's like the greatest hits of humanity so far. Yeah, but that'd be like looking back and like, saying that the record label that produced all of these bands <laughs> is the best musician of all time. And it's like, that makes zero sense. Well, that's why Britain is like so proud of itself, because it's like, we took all this stuff from everybody else and made it our own. You like curry? That's us. You like tea? <laughs> hey, that's the British. I mean, you are correct. It is their 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 national dish. It is. Is a uh, chicken tiki masala. <laughs> I love it. It's very British. Yeah, tiki masala. <laughs> tiki. Actually, yeah, they would sound more like you because they they were from Leeds, so they 
oh, talk like this, you know, like the cheeky masala. Oh, that sounds a little bit cockney. They're, they're real out in the country, the, the ones from Leeds. <laughs> they really just swallow all, all the words. Um, I, I thought you were going to say that <laughs> the British's uh, favorite dish is cultural appropriation. Nah, if anything, they don't appropriate cultures. They, they just, just steal take. it. <laughs> yeah, they like cultural estiliation. Like, like Americans have that issue where we're like, I don't know what my base culture is, so I'm just gonna take from the ones that I like, yeah. and use that. And then England is like, we're just gonna physically take the people that we like, <laughs> and then use them. Yeah, and then make <laughs> other countries feel bad. And we did it, and we got away with it, kind of. We're going to tax all those Indians for salt. Whoa. <laughs> Talking about salt, though. Let's get into magic. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of salt involved in magic, actually. Yes. Um. So we're talking about black magic today. For those of you who missed last week, it was uh, white magic. Why are you on part two of a, th- a series? Why am I on part two of a series? No, why are they on, like, why did they skip the first one? Well, because, you know, sometimes it just came out and they're like, oh, you need, this looks good. And you need to be introduced to the subject. <sighs> you really want to bother a millennial with an intro paragraph? Uh, so, <laughs> either way, speaking as a millennial, yeah. Uh, let's talk about black magic, all right? Because black magic is a very interesting section of magic that is in popular culture very very misconstrued and taken out of context yeah it's a uh, magicians of the time didn't like what other people were doing and they just labeled it black magic because they knew that people would see that that is a negative uh, connotation to it yeah i mean <coughs> black magic has always been more or less defined as uh ceremonial magic so something that you do at certain times with certain things you know it's 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 very Ritualistic. Yeah, it's very ritualistic. It's usually done... Uh, a lot of people think of black masses, which are mockeries of Catholic masses that some satanic sects have done, but cool. rarely ever do. And if they do them, they're very not. They're really not loud about it because usually it involves some kind of human sacrifice. And like, why would you want to project that out to the world that you're sacrificing humans inside of an old church? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like that, um, what's that fucking, where they meet in the woods in, uh, in California underneath the... Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. the Giant uh, owl. Yeah, I actually, I was writing an episode about that. Fuck. It's, um, it's, a, it's, it's like the Bilderbergs, but they have yeah, a certain... Yeah, there's a different... They term. have a certain convention. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> it's a weird thing. They're like, they're like, hey, all these people who shouldn't know each other. But um, but what they do is that they play audio of them massacring someone, and like then burning that uh, that effigy, and mm-hmm. like essentially saying like, yeah, we killed somebody because that's how you become powerful, you know? Yeah, they steal their they steal their chi. Can't can't remember <laughs> the fucking name of them. But I can't I can't either. But and I just lightly looked into it. I was like, ah, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll I don't want to talk this. about magic. I don't, yeah. w- don't want to talk about those assholes. We'll they remember have in like ten minutes. <laughs> Listen, George Soros, you can go fuck off. <laughs> um, so most all magical texts come from the Renaissance time. Oh. Right? So and a lot of it comes from between uh, like fifteen hundred to seventeen fifty. Nice, the Dark Ages, the towards the end of it. And um, most of that magic that was written 
was immediately banned. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And so a lot of it is very, it's very tough for a lot of it to be reprinted, retranslated, because it's hard to find first and foremost. Yeah. There's a great uh, project being done in, I want to say, Denmark? Yeah, I, I was, I felt Denmark, which I is think more it's Denmark. Ma- and they have, it's very magical. They have a whole library yeah, they on have, occultic studies. Yeah, like they have the Black Magic Museum or something, I think. Yeah, they supposedly have a semi-original copy of the Grimorium. Oh, really? Yeah, which was supposedly destroyed at, on multiple accounts. But um, the thing is that back then, all magic was lumped together. So even yeah. white magic was seen as black magic because the church just didn't want anyone thinking magic was real or trying to do magic. Yeah, because they're like, no, why do that magic when you could do our magic mm-hmm. and give us 20% of your money? Mm-hmm. Sucker, give me your cash. They're like, come repent with that wallet. With them ducats. <laughs> Let me get a shilling or two. Yeah, give me them shillings. Come on, don't you want to get into heaven, kid? I see you got a, I got, you got a, you got a frank down there. Why don't you <laughs> toss it in this basket? You dumb Irish German. You Give me your shilling, Frank. Dumb European mutt. <laughs> Give me your money. Give me your money and then your kids. Said the Pope. And then Give me your kids' money. Give me your money. All right, so black magic users um, are normally, like, they were normally seen as witches. Yeah. Um, but they were also primarily just supposed to be people who tried to invoke demons or evil spirits through their spells. Uh Usually to do harm to another person, because it's rare that you're going to be like, hey, evil spirit, come unto me, and then be like, all right, cool, so I just wanted a friend. Yeah, I just want to hang out. (laughs) That's that's very rare. Like Death Note? Mm Mm-hmm. That's, Death Note's fun, though. He he just had, like, the the black demon guy just hanging out with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Who is the the best character of the whole Oh, yeah. yeah, because he's underplayed. Anyone who's underplayed is always the best character. All right, that's fair. Anyone who talks the whole episode is like, I don't like that guy. That's why I hate Tammy. <laughs> she was way over-serialized. Yeah. Glad a bird person fucking finally had to watch her die. <laughs> Either way, uh, so <laughs> um, so black magic, uh, people normally, I mean, they are correct when they assume that it revolves around like hexing and cursing. Yeah, it's it pretty cool. But they also, a lot of people who do ceremonial magic and dark magic, they don't just do that. They don't just like sit in their house and be like flipping through a phone book. Like, all right, who do I want to hex today? Yeah. Like you gotta, you have to wrong them in some way. You gotta piss somebody off. That's why I, you know, I have my altar and my sigil and everything that I charge and everything in my little secret area. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like anyone who's wronged me, gets a little, uh, gets a little burnt note in the, hey, of the sigil. That's what happens. I mean, there's a lot of good, like pagan, Spells that are more just like uh, defensive white magic, which are like, uh, like fr- like name spells and freezing spells and shit like that. Like, yeah, it's so cool. Um, and I should know because my fucking wife is a practicing witch. My wife, <laughs> my wife. Um, but popular culture, for some reason, and that some reason is Christians. Oh. Uh, I hate to keep doing it, but it's true. Christians. They're the ones who who also are like, oh, black magic must be Satanists. Must be. 
they they're the ones who lump satanic worship in with black magic, which is completely false. Yeah. Just because Anton Lavey decided to write a quarter of his book on how to it, hopefully invoke the devil mm-hmm. does not mean that all people who are satanic followers follow Lavey first and foremost, and secondly want to do that. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of Christians that, given the chance, would not actually want to talk to God. Yeah. Jeez, what you would imagine you talk he about? has watched you your entire life and knows everything you've ever done or thought about. Do you really want to talk to that guy? Yeah. Very judgmental, I imagine. I'm sure. Like, really, Dean? Really, Dean? You did that? He's like, really? So uh, you went from wiping with four squares to six squares. Because why? Oh, because you don't care about the trees? You, you want okay. the, you want less wa- washing your hands or something? All you, right. You got all this extra soap? No, no, no. Okay, yeah, no, I get it. I'm sure I just made those trees for no reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, please keep cutting them down just to wipe your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would never want to talk to that guy. Yeah, no, it'd be really suck. Yeah, and so for all of you who want to know more about Satanism, just, uh, you know, check out episode, episode 29, 29 yeah. on Satanism. Uh, it's a wonderful episode. Yeah, we're not, that's that's too recent, though. We're talking about 1700s, aren't we? Yeah, so uh, let's get back to the, the, the ancient black magic. And a lot of uh, black magic that, you know, I, I looked through and, and was using in this was uh, from what is effectively the best text on black magic that you can buy. You can buy it on Amazon if you want. It's reprinted. Uh, it's called the book, the book, uh, the book of black magic and ceremonial magics by Arthur Edward Waite. Okay. W a I T E. And that's your primary source for the episode. Um, for this part of the episode. Yeah. Because, uh, he is the primary source for most black magic. I mm-hmm. mean, this man, the book is wonderful. It, it, it discusses different styles of magic. It discusses the left and right hand path. It discusses white and black magic. It discusses, uh, you know, different. It actually breaks down and talks about like the different like styles and like things like, um, you know, what the difference between transcendental magic and uh, composite magic is. And so he he talks about a lot of like the best texts of all time. He discusses a lot of the texts that are lost to history in there. Oh, uh, jeesh. Uh, and like who wrote them and when and where they got lost. Um, also, like how accurate they are and how mm-hmm. truthful they are to actually being magical, um, which was really cool because there's a lot of texts that he notes that he's like, listen, this is not actually a text about magic. But what's written in it can be taken and used for a lot of black magic. Oh. And so it's a great spiritual, magical text, even though it's not specifically on black magic. Yeah, it was probably about uh, chicken noodle soup. The first invention of chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. It was good uh, for the soul. It was a good recipe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he knew that. And yeah, he's the like, Pope this actually is- was like, blessed the first recipe. No, he's like, we need to hide this. Yeah. This is too flavorful. So he smacked the ass of the local uh, choir boy and you, you make it jiggle. <laughs> you make you make you make it the butt the jiggle on the boy. The fact that you didn't blink for that entire thing 
with your eyes as wide as they were. Just I am really. The, I am the Pope of 1700s. I make the little boy ass jiggle. I, I make the little boy happy. <laughs> <laughs> so Fucking popes, dude. I know. They're real fucking touchy. Uh, so, yeah. So, then he talks about transcendental magic, which uh, is bullshit and doesn't actually have any power because uh, the rituals aren't really magical rituals at all. They're what just, does transcendental mean? Uh, transcendental. He actually, he gives a great definition. Let me pull it out here real quick. Oh, shit. I just dropped... A text of hermetic philosophy. I hope that doesn't come oh, to bite me in the ass later. She, well, it's going to bite you in the dick. Hermetic philosophy? Yeah. It's no, gonna, I already her- gave off part of my dick for it. Oh, oh, is that where they got that? The, uh, the Well, original? I mean, he was the one who taught Abraham everything he knew, so I'm sure he's the one who was like, hey, you should, for cleanliness sake, cut the tip of the dick off all the kids and then just say it's uh, it's for God. Yeah, that's the original, like... um. Well, not the original, but that's a uh, that's the, our first ritual. Yeah, I know, right? You and I are both uh, a, a part of that ritual, and that ritual continues to go to this day, where they uh, harvest the foreskin of all young babies and make stew out of them. No, they don't make stew. They make a very, very, very long cape, so that when God <laughs> finally emerges to show Himself to the world, we will present Him as His favorite people with a foreskin cape. It will be very soft. No, he's like, and mostly white. I can I can just see the, what God would say now. He'd be like, "Oh, is it soft enough? It could have been softer." What? What? Then he gets down to of the, lotion. He gets down to the Ethiopian Jewish patch, and he's like, "Where? What? What? Ha- I thought this was white. What uh, happened? What? Did you spill coffee? <laughs> <laughs> You're mashugana." <laughs> um, so I love his definition. He says that uh, that it, the term transcendental should not be interpreted uh, with any exalted or or philosophical sense, but just to be used like conventionally uh, and, and really just kind of like to be connection uh, in such a connection as the present is not adopted to be this uh, like appropriate state usually. Um, And so what you want it to be is like transcendental is like connecting yourself fully in the present with the thing that you're doing it's not any of the philosophical like let me let me transcend my body right. let me leave let me, let me have my soul leave me it's like and the problem with transcendental magic is that it's not practical at all there's no practical application it's mo it, when i was reading into it and i'm like looking at all this shit it it's it seems like it's basically just like small Christian Catholic rituals and just like praying to Jesus is transcendental magic. Oh, really? Yeah. The in the here and now doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really just like praying to Jesus. Jeez. I, because I, I would have assumed that praying is uh, uh, philosophical. Wouldn't you? But I guess technically that's, that's, that's theosophical. Oh. Because it's, it's a theology. Yeah. But, um... But so, I mean, transcendental magic is, I guess, more or less, you could see it as kind of like, because uh, uh, Kylie asked me about this as soon as as soon as I was telling her, she goes, well, what's the difference between transcendental magic and TM, which is transcendental meditation? Oh, yeah. What is the difference? Well, TM is basically the 
actual practical application of transcendental magic. It it is focusing yourself and allowing your mind to have that clarity and that rest and it it is kind of attuning yourself to the here and now through that but that's doing something and transcendental magic is like light candles and pray at this time and eat of the bread and drink of the body and you're like oh my god dude like what is this doing for me you know am i just giving my my good my good uh, shit to Jesus? Is that what you want me to do here? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. please. I prefer composite magic, which is also what you do. Chaos magic is composite magic as well. Because uh, it is what involve it involves uh, utilizing or attempting to utilize an, a spirit of some sort to gain usually their treasure for yourself. Is nice. effectively what composite magic is. Yeah, and most of the text for that is the Lesser Keys of Solomon. Mm, our first, uh, our first one, yeah, mm-hmm. the first, uh, the, one of the oldest books written on the subject. Correct, because Solomon was. It, it, it's hard to tell with a lot of these people because, like, Solomon was attributed to be like four or five different people, like mm. Solomon. Really, the rab Solomon, the Hebrew rabbi Solomon, the this one Solomon, the so the so and so, like, but it could have all been the same person. It could have been different people. That's what I'm saying. He could have been like uh, very uh, well traveled. He mm-hmm. could have been a rabbi, a priest, and a king. He could have been a fucking alien, dude. Could have could have been. Why you know? Why, why can't not? He? Yeah, yeah. He would you know if he traveled on a burning chariot in the sky. <laughs> that who's maybe, to say? Maybe it's from Nibiru. Oh, that'd be dope. Episode uh, two, three, four, yeah, I think, five, six. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, just go through like one through ten and like you'll find Nibiru. <laughs> and Skunk Ape. And Skunk uh, Well, that was our number one. <laughs> number one. No, that, number was our, one. that was our number two. Right. Number one was introduction. What always number one? Yeah. Here um, was number one. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. One thing that I do want to take a take a quick pause and, and note for anybody who is listening here that that actually does, you know, practice magic or you are attempting to commune with some sort of spirits, um, if the text that you're working with does not have at least one lengthy chapter about the dangers of actually communicating with evil spirits and demonic spirits, just get a new fucking book. Okay. Yeah. Like it, what are you doing? Every single text that I've ever found that discusses communing with the other side, whatever side you're looking for, uh, it will always have multiple, multiple warnings about, you know, you have to be very careful. Yes, you do. Think about it. You know, what if you fucking, what if it works? All right, <laughs> and you accidentally invite Beelzebub to live in this fucking little doll thing. There you go. You got a new Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And definitely. you're not gonna you're not gonna see any of those movie proceeds. No, definitely not. No, no way. No, no the way. people that were involved in any like type of uh, haunting or any type of thing like possession or whatever, um, they get like a sl- a little little paycheck before the book comes out, but. They don't really get anything after that. No, all they get is riddled with disease from yeah. the botched exorcism where they dripped mercury in my eye to rid the devil from my soul. And you're like, what? who why, did that? Why am I doing this? Is he licensed? Yeah, but, uh, but all magic is uh, is dangerous. It uh, really is. It can be. You yeah. don't want to do any of it. 
uh, foolishly because you have to remember that what you put out into the universe will, whether you want it to change something one way or another, if you want it to change something, it will change something. But don't be a stupid Ashton Kutcher about this and forget about the butterfly effect. Absolutely. Uh, so, along with the Lesser Keys of Solomon, uh, composite magic also utilizes a lot of the texts of uh, Cornelius Agrippa. Remember well, that guy that we talked about last time? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, we're going to give him his own full uh, episode. Most likely the next one will be fully on him because he published a lot of great text on magic. Really? Yes. Most of it is lost to time, but he published a lot of the text. Like he was able to get his hands on some shit from like the 1500s would translate it and would publish it. Nice. Like he was very, very good at that. And he was a, he was a student. Um, wonderful, wonderfully fun. We'll talk about him next time. Uh, so the actual rituals of black magic Mostly come from four texts. Okay. And sadly, they're all in French. <laughs> so. But they've been translated. Oh, good. Into Italian. God damn it. <laughs> so I can't really read any of them. They're also very, very ancient and pretty hard to find. Um, Gee, and there's no English translation? There are. There are. Oh. And he talks about it. But oh, so man. these are the four texts. And they, I have to prom, I have to let you know that there are some long titles. Of course, they're magic. So the first one is, uh, is Grimorium Verum, or the most approved keys of Solomon, the Hebrew Rabbi, wherein the most hidden secrets, both natural and supernatural, are immediately exhibited. This probably sounds better in French, probably. Uh, like- and it was, in, it was published in fifteen seventeen. Oh. Um, and then a book from 1750 called True Black Magic or The Secret of Secrets. I think that one was translated into something like like the, like the Owl Secret and like the Black Penance or the Black Penal. No, I, I saw the movie. It was uh, Blair Witch Part 2, Book of Shadows. Blair Witch Part 3, just three hours focusing on the tongue in the woods. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that fucking terrible remake yeah. where it was like an alien. Oh, spoiler! Uh, no, no, no. Line. Two is the one with the alien and the wolves and the. And like no, the, no, no. Two was the one with the in the school and, with no, the witches. The, no, no. It was the psych. A lot. He was in like a psych. Um, it was like a padded room. No, that's Get Out. No. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one is uh is the Grand Grimoire with the powerful clavicle of Solomon and of black magic, or the infernal devices of the great Agrippa for the discovery of all hidden treasures and the subjugation of every denomination of spirits together with an abridgment of all the magical arts. It sounds like it was Japanese. Well, that one, they also, they don't know when that was initially uh, published. Oh, I know. It, it was it, it was lost to time. Publication date unknown. And then the last one is Magic. <laughs> the book. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> uh, it's called The Constitution of Pope Honorus the Great, wherein may be found the arcane conjurations which must be used against the spirits of darkness 
with a collection of the most rare secrets. That's from 1670. Nice. And all of these books, I'm like, damn it, why can't I have this? Yeah, well, we I need to like learn Aziz French. I sorry, man. I like, why can't I have Why can't I have it? I want it. I need it. I need it. I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking. What, but yeah. these books do exist, though. Like, if you knew how to read French, you would be able to find these? Um, I mean, honestly, what I'm going to be doing between now and the next week is probably trying to find these online with some sort of English translation. And I do have the Grimorium Verum. I know. Yeah, I know. You because... The wonderful thing about uh, the Book of Ceremonial Magic by Arthur Edward Waite is that the second half of the book is the Grimor- is the Grimorium Verum. Yeah. The whole second half is the actual Grimorium Verum. So it's a great way to get that if you're looking for it. Um, But a lot of, you know, the most applicable black magic is just like true name spells. Um, A lot of people try and do immortality rituals. Yeah, basic bitch stuff. Yeah, divination. That's why I like the Jewish stuff, like summoning a golem. Mm-hmm. Like that would be. That's that's like, that's like pretty cool. I kid you not. Since I was a kid, I've had this weird dream that I would be able to, like, I mean, it was it was it started as an actual physical dream, uh, but that I like made because it was an old song, like it's dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made you out of clay. Right. And you made a golem out of clay. Yeah, that I like yeah. made a dreidel in the oven, and it was a golem dreidel, mm. and like defended our house, and I always won. It was a really great dreidel. We were, we were fucking spot on, wonderful friends. <laughs> we got on cracking. You and the golem dreidel? The golem dreidel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. He had little arms and legs. It and he was a gol- and it was a dreidel. It was a dreidel, yeah. But like with arms and legs. Yeah, but very spindly arms. Like he should okay. not have been able to support his little dreidel body. But I, I think like anyone who tried to come into the house and then they saw that, they're like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, like could you imagine what he could do? Just like, yeah, just like <laughs> like the little thing you spin him by, just like right in your eye. Oh, geez, that and he starts suck. spinning. Oh my god! In your eye. In your eye. Oh man, that he's a wonderful golem. I am. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... That's my precious. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, just vaguely racist. Yeah, racist towards cave dwelling Jews <laughs> uh, <laughs> in World War One. X. Um. Yeah, basically. Fairy folk, or whatever. Yeah, fairy folk. Let's call them. If that. that's what you were. Let's call them fairy folk. Yeah, they hide in holes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Listen, don't Anne Frank this up, all right? Okay, I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. Yeah, thank in you. The, and the, don't write a attic. diary. I don't want to hear about it forever. I am, I am menstruating, though. Gross. So once again, there are also curses and hexes. Uh, now, basically, I would say that in popular culture, black magic is just like a fucking arduous term. That That's cool. People use if they know nothing about magic in it's general. Like the cool people magic. Yeah, dude. I mean, Black Sabbath. Yeah. Well, they actually knew magic. I know. I know. They did like rituals and shit on like stage. Like sixties rock, like fifties and sixties rock. They they really did practice magic. Like I know that um, uh, David Bowie famously was a mu- magician. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics of a, a bunch of his songs, he actually references uh, magical terms. You know, I really uh, like that guy. <clears throat> I also found out recently that. Uh, when he was in 
high school? Yeah. yeah. When he was in high school, uh, like his bully punched him in the face and like right in his eye. And that's why his eye is always dilated. Oh, wow. And like he like has called him, he called the bully like later in life and like thanked him. He's like, hey, but like gave me my signature look, you know? Thanks for fucking up my <laughs> face and making me unique. Yeah, making me memorable. Um, he's like that bitch in The Artist. You ever see The Artist? Where no. The guy fucking puts a, a fake mole on her face and then she becomes like the biggest star in Hollywood mm. because she has a mole on her face. Oh, you're talking about, um, what's her name? Yeah, what's her face? Oh. Yeah, The Ballad of Same What's Her Name Yes, by Green Day. Uh I do remember that. Hey, it's a good song. But um, really, at the end of the day, the, the difference between white and black magic is mostly about the magician's intention. Okay? Yeah. And like who you're trying to communicate with, what you're trying to accomplish with this spell. <clears throat> Past that, fuck a title. Yeah. Yeah. Magic is magic. Magic is magic. Um, now, and we'll, we'll get more into the power of intentions and that kind of thing with... Uh, our look into chaos magic that will be coming soon. Oh, it'll be coming soon, all right. And um, now our 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 diehard fans may oh. notice uh, that most of the people who contribute to this subject are uh, white dudes from Europe. Weird. And you might be wondering, well, isn't there magic in the rest of the world? Isn't Why it? just focus on the whites? Yeah. And There's there African is. magic. There's, there is. Uh, thousands of years of African magic. Yeah, there's a lot of that. To be fair... Probably more more magic, interesting yeah. than the African magic is um, Mongolian magic. Ah, the Mongolian death worm. The the black magic. shamanism that comes out of Mongolia is so fucking sick. Yeah, because it's been pointed magic since like the dawn of time, because. You know, the Ottoman Empire ruled that area. Like, that was where Mesopotamia was. Like, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon are near there. Like, these people have been doing magic and cursing uh, the the invaders on their land for thousands and thousands of years now. That, that shit is crazy. Yeah, I'd be super pissed if I was a Mongol because uh because like at one point you were a part of the the world's largest uh uh thing yeah. uh, with uh, with uh with uh, Khan. What the fuck? Genghis Khan. Yeah, I mean, he straight up went around the world setting up society. Yeah, like was effectively what he did. He like made laws, set mm-hmm. up governments like you you built most of the modern world in Asia. Yeah, uh, you pretty much set the uh, set the stage for everything. And like then their got empire stomped for the rest of history. Well, it 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 kind of fell apart. That's the crazy thing. Like it didn't like it wasn't like some great king or some great uh, uh, conqueror that ruined them. It was just ruined over time because of incompetence. Because Genghis Khan wasn't around, but yeah, their I mean, empire was huge. It was the span of all of Asia and half of uh, the Middle East. It was bigger than. Uh, wasn't it bigger than Alexander the Great's? It was huge, yeah. Because Alexander the Great had all of Europe, most of Northern Africa. He basically had the entire Mediterranean at one point. Yeah, it was, like that's where the world was at that time. In yeah, European, true. like history anyway. 
Um, but one of the one of my favorite ones that I found uh, is yellow shamanism, which might sound racist. Yeah, and it's actually not. As? Yeah, it's actually not, because um, <laughs> it's it's based on a on a on a sect of Tibetan Buddhists. There is called the yellow sect. Oh, because during their services they all wear these yellow hats, um, and so they practice yellow shamanism which actually is effectively white magic to try and counteract the black shamanism of the Mongol witches. Interesting. So it was like yeah, it's like white magic but just in an Asian area and they peed on it and it's, now it's yellow. And so now it's yeah, instead of white versus black, it's yellow and black. Yeah, yellow and black. I like that better. It's easier on the eyes. Yeah, yeah, white and black is always so fucking it's, oh, it's, it's so bad. hard, hard. Yeah, harsh, harsh, harsh cut. Yeah, but yellow and black—that's pretty good. I like it. I like yeah, it. I like yeah. it. I like it more than uh than 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 uh, yellow and red. Sorry, China. Yeah. Oh, China. Yeah, Chinese magic. Can't imagine. Uh, it, it was probably cool back in the day. Probably was. So it's really hard now. to find any of their texts because uh, <laughs> they, they have the Great Firewall of China on the internet. Yeah. Um. But so. The uh, the term yellow shamanism was actually introduced in uh, 1992 by some Russian guy who <laughs> who was trying to say that that it did that it didn't survive that he was like he was like yellow shamanism is dead because after the Soviets ruled it and then the communist Soviets ruled and then the the communist uh, Chinese rule he's like uh, all of that was. Uh, they were all destroyed. Like they all yeah. got ruined. Is that true? No. Oh, I was about to say like all of the people that like argued against him were like, "Hey, so um, have you ever been to China?" They're like, "Who did you focus on?" <laughs> and he was like, "Well, there was this one guy." Oh. And he focused his entire assessment of like the death of this people because this one specific monk died. Died. Oh, and he okay. was like, yeah, it didn't survive anyway. Yeah, no, he, that was the only guy doing it. Yeah, and now he's gone. Now it's gone. Sorry, America's over because you know George Washington died. Yeah, didn't you hear? <laughs> Check the news. <laughs> it's like three hundred years ago, bro. <laughs> it's over. But so I mean, yellow shamanism may be uh, teetering on the brink of doom, but uh, black shamanism has actually been alive and well in Mongolia as nice. far back as before Genghis Khan. Wow. It was actually... Uh, uh, black shamanism is rooted in the Mongolian clan-based Tengri, which is like kind of their theology, kind oh. of their religious ideas, um, is, is, the, is the Tengri, which is spelled T-N-G-R-I. Um, which is the the highest class of divine creatures, and they say there are fifty five tengri, and of that, there are benevolent ones mm -hmm. who are called the the white tengri, and there are fifty five of them, and there are forty four terrifying or black tengri, um, which black shamanism utilizes all forty four of these black tengri. Nice. Um, so in total, they have 99 benevolent, they have 99 h higher beings. So it's kind of like the talismans of like China. Kind of. Yeah. Or like, uh, like each month gets its own thing or each year. There's 12, right? Talismans. I don't are you know. thinking of the, uh, like, like the Zodiac? 
May- <laughs> no, like Chinese, like um, like dragon, and like rat. And yeah, like that's that's the, that's the Chinese zodiac. Are they not the same thing? No, that's based on the stars. Interesting. That was based on the stars that one Chinese uh, astronomer read in like fucking like three thousand and two or something. I think there's a, there's like something three thousand years ago or some shit. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I I, th- I think there is something there. Like there, uh, other than like the, the zodiac, like the like the seven lucky Buddhas and like the seven seals of luck, or like what are you talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about now. I was talking just like a pantheon of like gods or whatever. Well, um, and we'll talk about this man next episode with uh, the one on Thomas Agrippa, but uh, and he, it's uh, the man who made Hermetic philosophy. Hermes, uh, I want to say it's Hermes Trismithicus. Yeah, you got to be Satan Latin. Saints preserve us. I'm from Boston. Scars, guard, scars, guard, scars, guard. So this guy Hermes was was an ancient philosopher in um in Egypt who actually was like a teacher of Abraham, and he taught Hermetic philosophy, which is where occultic philosophy comes from, and uh one of his major parts of his writings and teachings was that he never wanted people to mistake his philosophical writings for theology. Right. Which is exactly what happened. Of course. Everywhere it went. That's what happens. (laughs) With the ancient Greeks and Romans who got his teachings, they turned him into a God, the God Hermes, the messenger of the, of the, the messenger God. I told you not to do that. You didn't get the message I brought. Like it, 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 there, there are countless um, cultures that, that heard his teachings and then turned him into a God Mm -hmm. um, in their pantheon. But, and we'll talk about him because he's incredible and, and his uh, teachings are very tough to find, but the best one is probably the Kabbalon by the three initiates. Um, yeah, we'll get more into him tomorrow. We'll get, we'll get more into him. Yeah. Next so what's time. going on with these Mongolians, though? Well, it's it's wonderful. They they invoke the 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 terrifying spirits um, to terrorize dis- and destroy their occupiers of the Mongol territory. Interesting. Um, and I mean, obviously, they've had a lot of time to practice. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of different yeah, people yeah. have been occupying them. You know. Yeah, they've had a lot of time to to get this straightened out. Mm-hmm. Is this yin yang? No, that is the the yin yang is uh Taoism which mm. uh comes from Lin Tzu. Want to say he's Chinese? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I know I know a little bit of what you're talking about the yeah, philosophy. Yeah, you just got to read the 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 Tao Te Ching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a Taoism. Yeah, Taoism is wonderful. It's one of my favorite uh uh ways of being cuz it's not a religion. It's not a religious following. It's 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 a life practice, effectively. Yeah. Going with the flow, just like just yeah. chilling out and just seeing where. It, like if it, if it feels like you're forcing yourself to do something, you're swimming upstream. You got to go with the flow. Exactly. That's why. That's one of my favorite uh, lines from the entire first season of uh, Midnight Gospel on Netflix. Is when he's it's the final episode and he's talking to his mom, and he, she's talking about like how like. You know, people 
you know, don't understand what they're meant to do and they, they swim upstream their whole life and they try and, you know, they're, they, they, they never think they can figure it out. And she's like, and what really it is, like if you're, you're in a canoe and you're going down a river and they're stuck in the bushes on the side. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere and they're stuck. Yeah. And like, I just love that idea of like, you're not, especially with Taoism, like you, you don't, want to push anything you don't want the push and pull of the universe happens on its own like the tides if you try and influence it you're it's you're throwing a pebble into the ocean trying to make a new wave like good luck on that one yeah that's why one of my favorite sayings i made it after uh after starting to learn about taoism i said it's like i i feel like i'm uh trying to move a sand trying to move a a sand dune with a cheese grater oh yeah it's a good saying. Yeah. Um, but but that that about rounds out um black shamanism because I don't have many of the uh the descriptions of their practices. It's kinda like with like voodoo and hoodoo, how like you really have to go out and find specific texts that are not very well circulated if you want to really learn about that stuff. And a lot of the issues I imagine is that they aren't written down. They're not too. written down, they're not in English, uh they're not something that like that's one of the things about white culture that is easily lost on a lot of people is that like we like especially in the 21st century at this point in time we like to celebrate oddity we like to celebrate strangeness not many other cultures are as vocal about this stuff yeah like <clears throat> if you go to Haiti and you start talking about how You've been reading about voodoo and you want to be practicing voodoo. People will avoid you. Yeah. You know, it's not a thing that you want to be promoting. Yeah. And like you said, not until recently is this like a a thing that normal people are into. Exactly. I mean, I remember when I was still in high school. Yeah. Like super recent. Yeah. Yeah. Back in back in like 2009, 2010, they were still banning uh, Harry Potter. Harry books. Potter from public schools because and it that was, was like it, it was wasn't even an oddity. Well, yeah, it wasn't even seen an oddity. That was like one of the p- largest selling books of that year. It's just you know, yeah, anything that goes against the grain, anything that goes against the normal, mm-hmm. just got to get it out. It's and just, so now we like celebrate that, which is is very strange in the course of history. But my favorite type of magic that I just learned about while doing this <clears throat> research. Butthole magic. Uh, is actually, It gives me a, a brand new appreciation for uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh. Because it's called gray magic. Oh. Now, gray magic is also called neutral magic. And it is the magic that incorporates the beneficial purposes of white magic but also works as a way to try and dispel black magic from working. Right. And now, um, one of, uh, from you know, one influential witch in the 1960s, who was known as uh, Roy Bowers, is one of the few people who ever talked about gray magic in an article entitled, Genuine Witchcraft is Defended. Oh. I know, it's a bold title. Yeah, it's a lot shorter than 
the the titles of well, those because this was like books. an article in the newspaper. No, I'm, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. And he was like a celebrity in England. Was like this like witch who would oh. always like respond. <laughs> I will respond to this. Mm-hmm. But he said that gray magic or neutral magic is a technique for baffling, bewildering, and mystifying everyone that he met in order to gain power over them. And so the quote is, he said, uh, he says, one basic tenant of which psychological gray magic is that your opponent should never be allowed to confirm an opinion about you, but you should always remain undecided. This gives you a greater power over him because the undecided is always weaker. From this attitude, much confusion has probably sprung in a long path of history. That's just good negotiating skills. Yes, but think about Lord of the Rings. Think about the movies. Fly, you fool. Yes, so Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf the Grey uses grey magic. Right. He never really shows off his power. Yeah. I mean, hell, the, in the it's mostly psychological manipulation. Like that's one of my favorite powers he ever did was the uh, was the first one he ever did was when he's inside Bilbo's uh, house and he does, he like he darkens all the lights. He makes himself look like he's growing in stature and and more assuming. And he does that whole, do not think of me as a conjurer of cheap tricks. Yeah. He's basically like, listen, dude, don't fuck with me. You don't know how powerful I am. And that's all gray magic is. It's not, if you fuck with me again, I'm going to smite you with my power. It's, trust me, you don't want to push me there. Yeah. And they, they, they stop. And then when he fully uses all of his magic as a gray magician against the Balrog the first time is just gray magic. He says, you know, like you, he says you cannot pass at the, at the beginning. doesn't do anything. The Balrog like stops because he doesn't know like, holy shit, can this guy fucking stop me? So he whips him and he stops the whip and then he starts advancing. So he does his actual spell mm-hmm. and cracks the bridge, breaks that bridge up, fights and then comes back as Gandalf the white. And yeah. when he comes back as Gandalf the White, he is using white magic all the time. Yeah. It starts and he fucking dispels Saruman from Theoden's mind. And mm-hmm. then he like goes and fights at the front lines for everything because yeah. his entire goal is to utilize his power of magic, white magic, to dispel the darkness from the earth. He's no longer undecided and gray. Oh, okay. He chose a side. Yeah, so he whispers to moths. Well, he's just, he's just a friendly dude. Shines All lights right. at people. Listen, you can't you can't be the head of ASPCA for that long and not have some moth friends. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, criticizing the man. Well, um, I mean, what uh, what what type of magic are you most interested in hearing about, Mike? Uh, what like right now no, or just, just like in for, general? for some more uh, for some more episodes? Oh, I, I can't wait for the next one about Thomas. Yep, we'll That's do uh, cool. we'll do a, we'll do a. Probably two, probably two people in our next one. Nice. And I might, then, uh, I might toss in time Thomas Aquinas, but just cause another Tom, two Toms and a what was the other guy? Hermes. Two Toms and Hermes. <laughs> it sounds like a terrible ripoff spinoff of uh, uh, Futurama. Oh, <laughs> two Toms and a Hermes. <laughs> 
And like, it's just uh, it's just Hermes and some guy named Tom and, and some guy named Tom with a, a boss robot. named Tom and, oh. and and they work at the the bureau and they're just doing filing all day and there's no Jamaican music or singing or funny like sci-fi plots or anything. Uh, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't uh You're wrong. Isn't Hank Azaria the guy who voices Hermes? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I, is is I, that the, wait? That's the guy that does uh, Homer, right? Hank Azaria. He does. Um, oh, a poo. He did a poo. Yeah, he yeah. did a poo. He does Mo. He does. Uh, what are you trying to Willie? get at here? Is what I'm trying to. Oh no, man! What are you trying? I miss you, a poo. Are you trying to cancel? I miss uh, a poo. Hank he Azaria had, again. He had wonderful. He had wonderful side side plots like. Yeah. No, everyone misses a poo. I know. It's, it's so like, sad. We that's don't why want I go back comedic and watch, characters. That's why I go back and watch uh, the Simpsons movies because Apu's still in the Simpsons movie with all of his little kids. Uh, Apu. He had like what? Like 17 kids? Yeah, I forget. He has like, like a shit ton of babies. They were making fun of like the Octomom or whatever and like 9, yeah. 10, 12, 15, 17 kids. That's uh, one of my favorite games. Did anyone drug this woman? <laughs> And everyone just raises their hand. <laughs> oh my god! How do you have so many kids? <laughs> Holy shit! Um, but yeah, so uh, we're gonna spend 2021 getting pretty magical because uh, honestly, there are some conspiracies that we're gonna be putting out here and there. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that we're still watching. Uh, there, there has been something for those of you who are still listening to this part of the episode, which I mean, I commend you. Thank you. Um, I've been tracking a a story about um, aliens. No, about Epstein not being dead. I've been tracking it for about eight months now about how they, they possibly could have, um, had someone else clone, not a clone, but, um, like a face double, like from Mission Impossible. Yeah, kinda. Well, because yeah. the the thing is, like his his corpse. When they took a photo of his corpse on the on the on the table, uh, in the in the jail, his like his ears were the wrong shape. Weird. Yeah, because like when they're when you're laying on your side, you can really see like the makeup of someone's ear. You know, you can like see yeah. in their ear. His ear was like not anatomically the same as like other photos that I've seen of the side of his head. Interesting. And, uh, there was a woman a little while ago who fucking tweeted out about Epstein's not dead. Yeah. What what about them ears is what she said. And then, um, I mean, I think there's a reason that Maxwell's still trying to get out of, uh, jail. They, they keep denying her bail, which is wonderful. Yeah, because she's gonna run as soon as. Yeah, they're they like she's out. a flight risk. She's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I just have all these ways of getting away, though. Yeah, and they're and they're like, well, then why are you trying to get out so bad? And she's like, I'm not. Just like here's all of my and my husband's life savings if you'll let me out. <laughs> it's only like four point six billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, fucking dollars. Yeah. I'm sure the state of New York could use it. And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> we we definitely could though. They're like, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, okay, Cuomo. This, this could pay for the police. For- Cuomo, steady your hand. Steady your hand, Cuomo. 
You're stronger than this. Have they checked Epstein's island? Um, probably not. Oh, because he's because he's probably there if anywhere. I know, right? If he's gonna be somewhere, he's gonna be on that island. Wouldn't you be? I would be there even if I was dead. I would haunt it. <laughs> That's what you would do. You would just go haunt that island. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be there, man. My God. Um, but yeah, so we'll do a bunch of magic stuff uh, because uh, we're gonna start practicing. Um, make sure to check us out on Facebook and YouTube because we're going to start putting out some videos, some ghost hunting, some, uh, everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah. We got the spirit box. So, uh, as always, you know, stay vigilant, stay wild and, uh, stay tuned. We'll uh, see you next time. And thanks for listening, man. Yeah. I love you. Oh, come on. I love them though.